Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Chris Hart and Gary Dittman, the Sports Animals, on ESPN Honolulu. Sports animals are coming in hot. Gary Dickman's back tomorrow. Today it's Chris Hart and Tanner Hayworth on ESPN Honolulu. Let's get right into it. An action-packed weekend of sports, and it will continue today with the national championship. Uh, Number one, lots of winning over the weekend for the Bows. And the baseball series, although we go one and two on the mainland against uh, Fullerton, it was a series for the ages. Yeah, it was a series in which two games pretty much ended in walk-off fashion, essentially, where in the first game, it took Fullerton in the bottom of the ninth to finally get the walk-off win against the Bows, and then uh, yesterday took until extra innings for Fullerton to get the win over Hawaii. But like we said, as we ended out the show last week, uh, we both felt nice about one and two. 0-3 oh, would have been bad. 2-1 would have been great, but 1-2, hey, it's not that bad, especially considering how good this Fullerton, Fullerton team is. Yeah, you know, the uh, when this whole thing about 1-2 and 2-1, and and that's not really what I was kind of taking away from this. What I'm taking away from this, even though our record, I believe we're 500 now. We're 500 in conference play. There's still plenty of ga- uh, games left in, conference, uh, in the conference season, but you... You really got to see how Hawaii measures up with uh, some of the best in the conference. So, I mean, it could have been easily 3-0 and on the road. So it was uh, very, very cool. All right. Uh, LSU wins the national championship in women's basketball. A lot of people upset about their sportsmanship, however. I, lo- I love the conversation always after these games. Whenever a player does a little bit of celebrating, a little bit of taunting, I am personally... All for it. Look, don't get too personal with it, but I'm all for Angel Reese. Congratulations to LSU. Congratulations for a wonderful tournament from Caitlin Clark. I'm excited for the future of women's basketball, I think, after watching this March Madness tournament. Uh, the Rainbow Wahine got a com- uh, the Rainbow Warriors, excuse me, got a commitment from a national top high school quarterback. You may have seen this in the newspaper but uh welcome welcome aboard micah alejandro alejandro alejado alejado yeah micah alejado alejado so originally born from in eva beach went to st louis originally born originally you could just born. Say born born <laughs> he was born originally from i can say i can still say from there well he was born in eva beach went to st louis up until his freshman year been at bishop gorman the last two years where he's helped that powerhouse stay a powerhouse throwing for what 54 touchdowns the last year to two interceptions didn't even play in the second half of most games but yeah Micah Alejado was the Max Preps national junior of the year and Nevada's quarterback of the year last year as well so a top quarterback 
got a lot of praise from a lot of guys whose names we recognize, and their head coach over there, Chad Kapanui, and, of course, Vinny Passis, the quarterback guru. All right, it's Masters Week, and uh, I wonder if we're going to see any kind of fireworks going on <laughs> with the live 18 live players competing in the Masters. Uh, Tiger Woods is back. They were wondering if he was going to participate. Well, he showed up at practice uh, yesterday. So uh, it is. Uh, we're all a full go, and we'll keep you updated um, here all week long on activities on the Masters. Right. The one person who I'm excited to see do, try to do his work while he's doing all this is Hunter Hughes. He's a, the biggest golf fan I know. So it's going to be interesting to see how he gets his work done, you know, doing the afternoon show while also trying to manage his time watching the Masters. Because apparently I've heard it's, uh, it's a religious experience for him to watch this thing. Well, I think for a lot of that's why I bring it up. It's one of our top stories. It's the, This is the Super Bowl uh, for golf. I mean, people who don't even watch golf all year long, they'll tune in. You know, some will tune in for all the majors, but everybody tunes in or is interested in the Masters. And I'm interested to see how um, if Rory McIlroy can get his career slam. Interested to see Tiger Woods making the cut as he did last time, which was uh, pretty unbelievable. Uh, you know, thinking about what, um, thinking about the, the shape that his uh, the, his body was in a year ago, you've got Brooks Kepka, who is finally one hundred percent healthy. You've got the villains like Patrick Reed and uh, others. I believe Patrick Reed is in this. Villains yeah, but like any- the Lyft Golf Tours. Well, you know, <laughs> according to some, according to some, according not to so many others, but I mean. These are guys, Scotty Scheffler, number one in the world. I believe Scotty is still number one. But Scotty Scheffler's, you know, he's the defending Masters champion. Rory McIlroy is going to be looking for his, like I said, his career slam. John Rahm has been hot. Colin Morikawa with his iron play. Great iron play comes into, uh, uh, will come in, need to come into effect for whoever's playing at Augusta. And Colin Morikawa can do it. Uh, Cam Smith from the Live Tour, uh, just the uh, you know back from winning the Open Championship. Max Homa has been playing hot. If Tony Finau can putt, if Tony Finau can get his putting down, I I I I like his chances on on winning the Masters. I seriously do. Jordan Spieth has been better. Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas. I mean, you see why people are excited about the masters you, you, you even jason day seems like he's healthy justin rose could come back who knows this is such a great field i mean i wish you could have some kind of team competition in this masters against uh, you know you have the live guys because they have you know the team competition on the live tour but you could have some kind of side thing going on where you have the pga against the live tour you know, you have the Ryder Cup. I mean, if you had the Ryder Cup, it would make – that's exciting, sure, because it's Europe against, uh, you know, America. But, I mean, I would love to see the Live Cup or whatever you want to call it, the the, the Mickelson Cup. And you have the Live Tour guys going against the PGA Tour guys because there are some guys like Rory McIlroy. I mean, some guys who are just – they can't stand these guys, a few. A lot of them just, you know, could – care less but some guys are passionately against and you've heard them speak over the last couple of years against the live tour 
you, you don't have people who who you know hate <laughs> who sports hate with a passion European golfers. But that's why the I mean to have some kind of team competition between the Live Tour and the PGA Tour that would be something to watch. Yeah, I think that's always something that I've really been interested in. It's kind of like a like it like you were saying the Ryder Cup reminds me of like the WWE matchups and they would go against <laughs> like the other uh competition. I can't remember what they're called. I just I I think that's just like one of those like it's a Pro Bowl, the NFC versus the AFC, but back when they could hit. Um I would love to see that. Uh I would definitely, you know, try to punch my like punch a ticket in to get my way through there. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, Masters is coming up. I don't know how much how closely you follow golf, but do you have uh, somebody you're thinking of? I mean, a lot of the names that you list off, I mean, like, I know of them. I'd like to say Colin Morikawa. Like you said, his iron play is good. I, <laughs> I'll i try right, to so use all the points that you said, but I I'll usually go off of name, and usually that doesn't work out. Because usually when no. I try, off, go, try to go off a big name, some like other guy who I had never heard of like wins out of nowhere. Like I never knew who um, – I didn't know who Hideki was until he won the Masters a couple of years ago. You didn't know who Hideki was? You know what? Okay, no, I don't follow golf, golf that much. Meet a baseball. You're going to tell me you, – you, like you can tell me who the left fielder is. Uh, you can tell me who the left fielder is for the Atlanta Braves. And uh, I can tell you all about Will Zalatoris. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> I do know Will Zalatoris. Okay. Hey, hey, hey I boarded this okay, show okay. with Bobby Curran, and he talked okay, a okay. lot with Mark Rolfing. So okay, it's a lot well, of subconscious oh, knowledge game. Hey, let's see if we can get Mark Rolfing on this week. He would be awesome. Okay, if I say something like Harold Varner, does that does that ring a bell? Barely. Oh, okay. All right. This is turning uh, into like one of Josh's favorite segments to do with me of what doesn't Tanner know. Oh, stop it. Tanner no, knows more usually, about sports no, no, he'll than anybody at the radio station. He'll reference like an older game show that I've never heard of that apparently he knows 100%. And I feel like, okay, I'm sorry. I just watched too much Animal Planet as a kid. My bad. Okay, here's a guy <laughs> I've never heard of that's playing in the Masters. Kazuki Higa. Maybe it's his year. S- Six-time winner on the Japan Golf Tour. Uh, no, nah, a lot of these guys are just ha- if they can make the cut, <laughs> they're happy to make the cut. Some of these guys that are in there, but uh, it is going to be it is it is definitely with more and more of the top golfers going to the Live Tour. You you, you know you're seeing guys who can actually win this. It's not Phil Mickelson where they pay him two hundred million dollars and then he goes over there and he shoots in the eighties, right? These, I mean, you have. Uh, Cameron Smith in this. You've got guys like uh, oh, let me look, look down this list of uh, guys. Most of the guys who are who really have a chance to win this, they're all still in the PGA. Um, Patrick Reed was Patrick Reed. Yeah, Patrick Reed went to the Live Tour. Patrick Reed could win this. A couple of them, a couple of them. But actually, see, there you have guys that have gone over to the Live Tour. Who are playing in the Masters? One of the eighteen is somebody like Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia doesn't have a chance to win. Oh, he could if he if if Sergio comes out and uh, you know has lights out and every all the conditions are you know in his favor, Sergio could finish in the top fifteen. But he's not going to win this thing. And you can never say never. Of course, that's why they play. 
But if you came out and said, okay, for some reason, I don't see Rory McIlroy and Augusta. Uh, to, um, I, I don't know. To me, it's not a great match. I love me some Scotty Scheffler in this. I love uh, Colin Morikawa. This year, you've always got you 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 always have to. When talking about favorites, you always got to include John Rahm. But you know what? If this is a situation where somebody wins the Masters, who we you know a lot of people haven't heard of, I love that too because it's a great story. It's life changing. If you're somebody like I don't know, you've never heard, probably never heard of Danny Willett. Well, nobody really has, unless you look back in the annals of the uh, Augusta, and you see him once in a while, he'll play in some of these, you know, he might do good and made an unsanctioned event for the PGA coming up. But when you look at a, a name like Danny Willett, the reason I know that name is because he won a Masters. The reason he has probably some of the sponsors he has or endorsements and, and things like that is because one day at the Masters, he did it. He did it and won. So those are great stories, too. And it's all becomes, it, it be, you know, you can win the Open. You know, you can, you know, win the Open Championship and the PGA Tour champion, PGA Championship. And those are great because they're majors, right? But, I mean, if you, get the, if you get the Masters, it's like the Kentucky Derby, all the pageantry. The, the, just everything about it is just unbelievable. All right, my electricity is flickering on and off. Okay, I see here. That's a great sign. We're okay in time. Yeah, the elect- man, what was up with yesterday? Those those uh, th- those thunderclouds, those thunderstorms we were expecting like a week ago finally happened yesterday. They came on Hawaii time. Yeah, it did, and it was uh, it was uh, the electricity here on this side of the island was going on and off. I don't know how it was in Eva Beach. We were having a great time in Eva Beach. <laughs> <laughs> you get out, the, you get out the candles, yeah, just in case. Oh, get out I the mean, candles. Well, no, we, I didn't have any power outages. We got some rain in the afternoon, but other than that, it was pretty chill. Oh wow, yeah. In Iea, it was. Uh, we had a little bit of a problem with some of that. <laughs> yeah, I heard the H one got flooded. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah, the H one by the uh, by Punahou apparently got flooded because of uh, clogged drains. But luckily, they got out there and unclogged those drains. But I remember driving home last night, and the rain was insane. So, you know, hopefully everyone out there stays dry, as hopefully this weather will slow down. Please, come on. We're trying to have a work day here. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, check your traffic here uh, in just a second here. It's the uh, sports animals on this uh, Monday morning. It's going to be partly cloudy today. Got a few showers here and there. High about 80. Trades are back at 10 to 15. Sunrise this morning at 622. Sunset at 646. Right now, 70 degrees in the Magic City at ESPN Honolulu. Last night I dreamt I was returning. And my heart called out to you. But I Good morning. Thank you for uh, checking us out here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, we've got tickets to UH Baseball to give away. Uh, we've got Cal State uh, Bakersfield coming up Thursday through Saturday, usually a Friday through Sunday, but for some reason this week, oh, I guess Easter. Uh, so this week it's a Thursday through Saturday um, Thursday through Saturday uh, schedule for the Bows. 
We'll give away tickets today to Thursday night's baseball. Saturday's game will not be a Saturday night game. It'll be a Saturday afternoon game. So basically, you're just shifting everything up a day, times uh, the same as usual. So your nighttime start, night uh, nighttime start, then Saturday 105 start for the uh, Rainbow Warriors. Okay. Um, hey, you know what? March Madness is here, and we should really get into uh, letting you know about that because uh, we talked a little bit about LSU's national championship in women's basketball. More talk seems to be after the game talking about their sportsmanship. But, hey, it's the March Madness men's final. San Diego State against UConn. I'm wondering, um, UConn, big favorite in this. I'm hoping that this is not a blowout as the ladies game was. Well, this is the thing about UConn. Um, they've won by 15 in every single one of their matchups. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So, if anything, UConn is the only team that got the memo this year as, like, a top five seed that was like, hey, by the way, you're a top five seed. You're supposed to, like, do well in this tournament, you know? It's like, yeah, we know. We're a top five seed. We were number one in the, in the nation at one point. Yeah, we'll handle our business. That memo just got to nobody, I think. And only except UConn. San Diego State except who's for, a top five seed. <laughs> oh yeah, true, true, true. But like other than like San Diego State and UConn, but UConn's been like dominating all of their matchups. They dominated mm. against what Gonzaga as well. So I'm feeling good about UConn tonight. Now I would like also like to go on record that on Friday I went on the record and said I think it'll be Miami and Florida Atlantic. And you know what? Up until about half a second left in that San Diego State-Florida-Atlanta <laughs> game. I was feeling great about that prediction, man. Uh, <laughs> what a what a, what a finish. And that's not an easy shot either. Kind of from the side of the basket, guys in your face, jump up. He scores! Game over. But here's one thing you didn't see. You didn't see any trash talking or taunting at that point. Because it you? wasn't a national championship yet. Oh, okay. We'll see how that goes today. I was going to say, that was, that would have been very Caitlin Clark of them. You know what I mean? No, I don't. Yeah, because she was doing a lot of trash talking after she won all of her games. That's crazy, you know, because they would never show that kind of thing. But for some reason, they kept showing LSU's uh, Angel Reese over and over and over again. It's kind of weird how that, that double standard kind of works a little bit there. Uh, is it a double standard? It I don't know. It feels like I mean, a double standard. I like a lot of more, people praising the trash talking and savageness of of Caitlin Clark, and then as soon as Angel Reese does it to Caitlin Clark, because she kind of started everything with that, then oh no, Angel Reese, what are you doing? That's bad sportsmanship. I think. Look to jump on this conversation. I just think that it's a game. I'm fine with with trash talk, especially at the end of a game when your emotions are high and you're. 20 years old i'm sure emotions can take control of you especially in an emotional team led by a very emotional coach and kim mulkey so i mean she wears her emotions on her sleeves her jacket her uh her pants literally literally <laughs> wears her emotions on her sleeves i don't know i don't dig it i don't dig it from either side i i don't know why i didn't haven't paid that much uh, attention to caitlin clark other than i didn't I haven't sat down for two hours and watched an Iowa women's basketball game. I've caught glimpses here and there, um, but I, I didn't see her trash talking with anybody. Maybe, but, but I believe you, and, and, and it's been said. 
Uh, she's, you know, she's she's fired up. She's, you know, Larry Bird was a great trash talker, except Larry Bird didn't have all the gestures and things like that. Larry Bird would just say things to get under your skin. I just don't dig it from anybody. I don't dig it from from Iowa, from LSU, from anybody. It's like there was a um, we were talking about this off the air. There was a video that went viral earlier, maybe a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, something like that. And it had it was these, a couple of months ago. A couple of months ago? Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. They had these kids that were playing uh, youth basketball. Oh, maybe they were about nine years old, something like that. And they had two kids on this one team that were super good. And after every shot, they would do some kind of gesture and be in the face of the other players. And it went viral. And they... The coach didn't stop it or anything, and it was. This is what it leaks down to. What's I mean? It is bad sportsmanship on the on the on the case of Angel Reese. It's bad sportsmanship. Uh, if that's the kind of stuff that um, that uh, Caitlin Clark did, then that's bad sportsmanship on her. I don't know what happened to just you know shutting up and playing, celebrate with your teammates. Whatever happened to, I mean, to, to now it's like, well, trash talking is a part of the game? I don't know. I mean, it, a little here and there if a couple of people are going at it. But I don't know. The gestures that Angel Reese made, I can understand why a lot of people were upset. Probably because they don't know the history of Caitlin Clark. This is the national championship game. You had more eyeballs of new viewers on this game. That's probably what happened here. But I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't get into someone going. Oh, it's just. I don't know. I like the. I like the. I don't. I didn't see John Cena do this move, where you wave your hand in front of your face. That's his thing. I know, but I. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I didn't. I've only seen John Cena in movies. I, I don't know that I've seen John <laughs> Cena as a wrestler. I like the move. If you're in professional wrestling, because it's entertainment and it's a show. I don't know that it belongs. In uh, in sports, I, I don't think know. it belongs in sports because sports are an entertainment and a show to me. So I mm. like it when there's drama. I love when there's people getting each other's faces. As long as they don't get you know personal, as long as there's no fist thrown, I'm fine. Yeah, and I think that that's where I think people think maybe they, that she crossed the line on this one. Because again, if you don't know anything about Caitlin Clark and you see this one player who's dominating and you're doing. The John Cena, you can't see me. That's so funny. I think that's just a funny move. Or you're pointing to your ring Ooh. finger and doing all that. You know, if you point to your ring finger and kind of do it to the crowd, ah, that's one thing. But to to look look for her and go, yeah, here's my ring. It's like it was like to me. I saw that, and if you just look at the highlights, you look at that and you go, what are you so angry at her for? What'd she do? Well, I think, like you said, a lot of new eyes. This is a whole story for Angel Reese, who herself felt disrespected the entire year because her regular character was kind of lambasted, kind of the same way that the South Carolina basketball team was kind of lambasted, being called bullies, being called, like, you know, all the nasty stuff like thugs on the court and all that stuff, where it's just, like, it's really funny how, they're highlighted like this, you know, the South Carolina basketball team, Angel Reese being highlighted like this and like having Caitlin Clark up on this pedestal just feels, in my opinion, just really weird. You know what I mean? Mm -mm. 
explain weird. I just think that's a weird double standard that we hold Caitlin Clark to this high, high pedestal where she does the you can't see me into a Louisville defender's face. She waves off another player while they're, you know, actively, you know, disrespecting her game. But then once someone does it to Caitlin Clark, now she's the enemy. I just think I I hate that. That's what I hate. And I think Hmm. Angel Reese, you know, said it in her post game conference where they felt disrespected by Iowa and Caitlin Clark and that was kind of like the see, we can do it too. Yeah, we won the national I, championship. I, I saw that. I saw that um and it was a it was a nice celebration, but how did how did Iowa disrespect another word I hate in sports. I'm being disrespected. Um how did they disrespect L S U? Did they say in a did they say before in the team banquet Hey, uh, we're really good. LSU, they're a nice little team. <laughs> uh, you know, a la 1992 Hawaii, uh, you know, University of Hawaii football against Illinois. How were they disrespected? How did Caitlin Clark, Clark personally disrespect LSU? That's what I'd like to know. Maybe it was a form of them seeing how much Caitlin Clark and Iowa has celebrated over this entire March Madness journey. Maybe they could have felt like, oh, then they're just going to be held like that. As LSU, you know, so I really just think it's a matter of seeing how much they celebrated over the entire March Badness, like Caitlin Clark, how much she celebrated, and them wanting to put a stop to that. That could have been it. I don't know what's going on in the locker room in Kim, in Kim Mulkey's locker room, but like we've seen with other national champions before, they all say the same thing. Y'all disrespected us, and we proved you guys wrong. Yeah. I mean, what did she say? It's I'm the trying artificial. To find... It's trying to build yes. that chip, trying to build so, that artificial. Ah, um, oh, what's the, the word I'm looking for? Art, it's an artificial chip on your shoulder. Basically. You're imagining that. You're imagining things. Uh, Angel Reese is saying, first they said, I don't have it in my. I have a, this uh, in front of me. I just can't find it, but I'll paraphrase. At first, they said I was too ghetto and and now they said i'm too this and i'm too that you know what most of america didn't know who you were angel reese especially when you were in playing maryland last year most of america you're making a face at me i guarantee you you line up 10 people on the street right now not one of those people are going to know who angel reese is because people don't know who you are doesn't mean people can still disrespect you I understand, but what I'm getting at, I guess she might I'm the, say I, like people in the in the women's basketball bubble. Okay, okay, you're right, but at the same time, don't take it out on the world. They didn't respect me. You know what? They didn't know who you were. Stop it! Come on. You know what? I will say that's positive about this. What a great a coaching job that Kim Mulkey did. I mean, here's somebody second year at LSU, and you're winning a national championship. Four national championships. I think she's only the third coach uh, to be able to do that. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Honestly, the most incredible part of that night was seeing, um, uh, what was her name? I'm trying to find her name. Jasmine uh, Jasmine Carson, who the, prior the to the point? game, yeah, so prior to the game, she, had, she hadn't even scored, like, points, basically. <laughs> and then she goes what like basically perfect from everything goes for like 16 in the first half wow. I, or something it was something cr- yeah came off the bench scored 21 of her 22 points in the first half made all seven of her shots including five three-pointers in the first half unbelievable i love her hair 
Yeah, she, she got great hair. And she, this is her third team. Oh, She's, really? Yeah, this is her third destination through the transfer portal too. So, and hopefully, I think LSU is hoping that she keeps up this hot streak going into next year. Maybe keep her off the bench. You know, put her in the starting lineup. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, 808-296-1420 if you want to call or text in. Got the sports animals on this Monday morning. Keep listening. Uh, we're going to give away those baseball tickets to baseball tickets in just a bit. We'll check the traffic now on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Hope you're uh, getting to work okay. Gary will be back tomorrow. Chris Hart and Tanner Hayworth with you here on ESPN Honolulu. And, uh, well, he's one of the nation's top quarterbacks. They've updated. There was an article yesterday, I think, uh, in the Honolulu Star Advertiser, and they updated it today to give us more information on Micah Alejado, Bishop Gorman's, uh, uh, one of the top guys in the, the whole country. He's a junior. He's a 2024 commit, so he's a junior. He threw uh, 75% completions, 35, over 3,500 yards, 54 touchdowns to two interceptions. 510 is his only knock. Uh, 510, 165 pounds. So he's got to he's got to get a little beef on him. But they're comparing him, and when I say they, guys like Vinny Passes are comparing him to Tua Tonga Now he grew up in Eva Beach, went to St. Louis. And then uh, moved to Vegas uh, before his freshman year. Started as a freshman tanner at Bishop Gorman. They say that's pretty rare. Yeah, he's been doing an awesome job at Bishop Gorman. If you had the chance last year, Bishop Gorman came down here to play St. Louis. Uh They absolutely uh, destroyed them. I think we actually had that on CBS 1500. I think Mark Venari and uh, uh, Coach Arnold Martinez had the call on that one. And by the time we got to halftime, it was just kind of, okay, let's just get this game over with at this point. Because uh, Michael Alejado and that Bishop Gorman offense just did so much to that St. Louis defense. Uh, but like you were saying, Vinny Passes, this is a great quote from him in talking about Micah Alejado and Tuatonga Vailoa, where the similarities, you know, don't end in just Evo Beach and left-handed quarterbacks. Uh-huh. They're similar in the way they compete, Passes says. Tua always had to win, and Micah, too. He always has to win. They're always accurate, really happy for him and his family. So that's nice words from Vinny Passas. But I think when I look at a guy like Micah Alejado, I kind of agree with him where I don't think you're going to be wowed by his throw power. I just don't think he has that much in him yet. I think he'll get that as he you know grows up and gets into the weight room. But from what I've seen from a lot of his highlights, he's a very accurate passer. Of course, has a bevy of weapons being at Bishop Gorman. Two of his uh, top wide receivers are going to USC and I believe Oklahoma as well. And also oh. Trey K. Calhuna, who's also going to Wisconsin, another former St. Louis wide receiver that went up to Bishop Gorman. So he isn't, he isn't, it's not like he's doing this by himself. He has a lot of really great talent around him. So uh-huh. it would be interesting to see that his, what he can do outside of the structure of Bishop Gorman. You know, I'm wondering, though, and he's, this is, if this is a guy who is a top, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, I'm guessing just because he's 5'10", and like you said, he doesn't have, you know, Colt Brennan didn't have a rocket arm. You know, Colt Brennan was strong. He had a strong enough arm. 
Tua Tagovailoa doesn't have a, a cannon for an arm. Um, I think in, in in the Mountain West football, you, you don't need to have a Josh Allen arm. But here's what is um, puzzles me. He's only a three-star prospect. Um, he's been offered by Hawaii, UNLV, Utah State, Old Dominion, Portland State, and I don't know what UNR is. UNR, whatever that is. Nevada Reno? Is that what that might be? It could be Nevada Reno. Some okay. school called Nevada in Reno. Right. I mean, this is a, <laughs> this is a Las Vegas Review Journal um, article that I'm referring to. Right. So I'm sure I'm sure it is Reno. That's probably what they call it over there. But uh, you know, he's not, he's he's not offered by any Power Five school, and I'm guessing it speak just because of his size. I'm guessing, but he's only a junior. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, when you look at him as a 5'10", I mean, they say 5'10", but I think it's the classic. You give him an inch or oh, give him half an inch I see. Uh-huh. because it's high school, so it'll help mm-hmm. his recruiting. Um, right. he, is a, he is a short quarterback, and that is like, I think that's the main issue when it comes to Micah Alejado is he is like smaller than undersized. So you hope that, you know, maybe he can, you know, grow an inch or two, you know, in by the time he has to start but if it doesn't come to that i still think his ability to move around in the pocket to find open passing lanes from the pocket and getting out of the pocket as well i feel confident that he can find ways to be successful in any kind of offense uh but luckily he gets to go to the most quarterback friendly of all the systems in the run and shoot yeah the and you know what he's a dual threat guy too He's not. I mean, those pass. We give you passing numbers. I don't have his rushing numbers, but he is a uh, he is a he is a you know a, a, a dual threat guy. But I'll bring this up again. Okay, so he's a considered a three star quarterback. How can you be one of the top quarterbacks in the nation if you're a three star quarterback? I well, let he... me answer my own question. Is that um, if he has not been offered by a Power Five conference school? If all of a sudden he got an offer from, let's say, USC and Auburn, whoa, all of a sudden he's a four-star guy. <laughs> that's that's basically how the star system works. So don't get caught up in, you know, three-star, four-star quarterbacks. I mean, I think Timmy Chang was a four-star quarterback. I think that – I don't know that Colt Brennan was a four-star guy coming out of uh, modern day. I, I don't think he was. But, uh, yeah, don't get too con- caught up in how many stars someone's giving them. And it might be rivals will give them four stars, someone else has three, and it's like, what? They give them four? Okay, we're giving them four. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, the star system isn't necessarily the most uh, – it isn't the most, like, accurate. lockdown accurate rating. Mm-hmm. It's a nice thing to go off of, though. And, you know, to help you with those rushing numbers for Alejado – Oh. Last year, he ran for 353 yards, averaged 8.6 uh, yards per carry, basically. Had three rushing touchdowns. The year prior, he had five. So the last two years, he's had eight rushing touchdowns with his, what, 54 passing touchdowns this year and his 31 from last year as a sophomore. So he mm-hmm. took a big jump from his sophomore to his junior year. It'd be interesting to see if he can keep up that uh, best quarterback in Nevada 
thing or <laughs> keep up in those rankings for like national high school player of the year because I'm sure he was I'm pretty sure he was actually in the running as one of the five uh, players eligible for that award last year mm. uh, 808-296-1420 uh, I see your guys texts coming in uh, Daryl thank you yes Daryl uh, uh, reconfirmed that uh, UNR, UNR is Nevada how come we don't call them UNR I'm going to start. I'm going to be cool, and I'm going to call him UNR. Here's a text. It says, I hope he grows after UH signs him. Um, if he grows before that, other colleges will offer him. That's exactly <laughs> the same thing I was thinking is because you're like, well, hopefully he'll grow. He's just a junior. We want him to start growing like his freshman year in college, and that's happened before. Or, you know, some guys stop growing. There was, I remember a few years back there was an NBA player in the draft, not an NBA player, college player in the draft. I don't know who it is. And uh, I believe he got drafted in the first round. And he was, oh, gosh, he was maybe six one. I mean, he was a smaller guy. And um, as something like a freshman in high school, he was six one or six two, something like that. And then he stopped growing. <laughs> who was it? Was it Anthony Davis? Who was it that was? Anthony was, Davis was was a point guard as a junior. It was Anthony Davis. And then, so he was a, a guy and then he that was five eleven. Right. That's what I was getting at is he was is he grew like a foot. <laughs> and that's why he's such a he's a big man but such a good ball handler. Well it's kinda like, like Giannis Antetokounmpo who was drafted thirteenth overall at like six eight, six nine. Now he's like six eleven, seven Because <laughs> he was only drafted when he was like eighteen. Oh so he had a lot of growing for him. Uh, I mean, okay. Let's say he's uh, not five ten. Let's say Micah's five nine. I mean, if just get to six feet, come on. We would all love to get to six feet, Chris. What? Yeah. Why don't I was close? Why, why can't I just grow to six feet? I, I would love close. that. It'd be great for my dating profile. <laughs> I was close at one time. Uh, let's see. Okay. All right. You know he's a local boy because we live in a small town. It says his mother is short. He's already taller than both parents. No! Say it isn't so. Do they have a tall grandpa? Is there a tall grandpa, Alejado? Oh, I don't know. Kyler Murray didn't seem to do okay for himself at whatever he is at 5'7". Yeah, he did it's, pretty good. Yeah, it's 648. The sports animals here. Have, hope you're having a good Monday morning. Uh, hey, let's get into a March Madness a little bit. Today, we've got, the, uh, um, of course, the men's final, San Diego State. And UConn, you can hear that on the way home at ESPN Honolulu. Uh, let's see, uh, the, um, the the whole broadcast starts at 12.30 this afternoon and goes all the way till 6 o'clock. So you've got a lot of, um, a, a lot of uh, tournament hype leading up to it. But we'll get into that and more coming up on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Okay, got a few, uh, got some, got some baseball tickets to give away. Keep listening. We'll uh, do that in a bit here. On let's say less than about twenty minutes or so, we'll give away those uh, UH baseball tickets. Keep listening for that here, ESPN Honolulu, and uh, off the air, Tanner Hayworth, who really follows the UH recruiting, 
was saying that so far our 2024 class for Hawaii football looks pretty, pretty, pretty good. I think this is like the most, like, this is the earliest I've seen two commits in a very long time. Um, I haven't been following Hawaii for that long, so uh, sorry if I'm wrong there. But seeing that we have two three-star commits already and Mike Alejado, who we've just finished talking about, we also have the Kamehameha uh, Kapalama uh, edge, Tristan Waimau Galindo, who was one of the two really good edge rushers out of Kamehameha last year. So, mm. so far, 2024 is looking good. And looking at kind of the prospect of 2024, what gets me excited is we know, at least on the defensive side, the Bishop Gorman pipeline is real. Last year, we had the three defensive commits from Bishop Gorman uh, in uh, Aiden McCumber, Elijah Palmer, and Jamie Otis, all three who are pretty great recruits, all because of shout-out Chris Brown. But seeing that now we have the pull to get an offensive player like Micah Alejado from Bishop Gorman gets me kind of excited because a lot of the Bishop Gorman kids tend to be from Hawaii. And so now that you makes sense. And you so now you open the door of, hey, you want to come back and rep the state despite, you know, playing in the stadium that you play in. You come here for the family vibe. That's what Mike Alejado said. So he's excited to get into that. Maybe we can get some of those really good wide receivers. You know, it's a lot to ask for the five-star receivers. I don't think we're going to get those guys. Uh, no. <laughs> but you think of guys like, uh, I think his name is Micah Ka'apana. I think that's his name. I can't remember. He's the running back over there, Bishop Gorman. He has a lot of really solid offers as well as ours. Maybe that's a maybe that's on the side of possibilities. Maybe one of the offensive linemen maybe as well. It just gets me excited for the prospects that the door is open. You, you know what's interesting about what you said is these guys, okay, so Hawaii's best players, a lot of most of Hawaii's best players traditionally have um, – They've gone away, right? They want to get off the island. They want to experience something new. Uh, they want to go. They, we, we lose them to the mainland. And that's exactly the opposite with some of these guys from Bishop Gorman. They've got Hawaii ties. And, you know, people at UNR, because I'm cool, because I'd say UNR instead of Nevada, uh, UNR, UNLV, they're trying to get Micah Alejandro, and they're like, nope, he's going away. It's the reverse gotta-get-off-the-rock syndrome for some of these players because, look, he's going away just like Hawaii's top players, and he happens to be going to Hawaii, which is away from Bishop Gorman, and but you also have the benefit of having family and friends here too. And who knows, you know, it's probably like, you know, you know what, I want to go to Hawaii, I miss the food, I miss whatever. You get to go away? yet at the same time have all the comforts of home because you were just here for uh, three years ago. So I think that's kind of cool anyway. <laughs> and so you get a lot players, of really great coaching up from great coaches on the mainland at Bishop Gorman, etc. Mm -hmm. So that, that you make use of all the resources that you can to get as good as possible as a quarterback prospect in this nation. And, hey, awesome that you can come back and reap what you sow here on the islands. Yeah, all right. It's a couple of minutes in front of 7 o'clock here. We'll check your traffic again coming up. Uh, uh, we've got the three things you need to know, three or four things, maybe five things. There's so much going on this weekend uh, coming up. Also, if you caught that article on, I believe it was, was it Friday, uh, about President Lastner <laughs> fighting for $24 million for the University of Hawaii budget. 
But he's got to kneel and kiss someone's ring if he wants to get it. All coming up with the sports animals this morning on ESPN Honolulu. You know, if we did a radio show on just what we want to talk about, it'd be pretty boring to both people. Because I want to talk about Tony Finau. Half the people listening don't even know who Tony Finau is, probably. Nah, I take that back. He's pretty well known. Hey, let's get into it. Uh, Gary Dickman will be back tomorrow. He's on vacation. It's Chris Hart and Tanner Hayworth here with the Sports Animals. And uh, here's some things you need to know going on uh, into the uh, week. Uh, here. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> hey, we had a pretty good weekend. We didn't even mention the, the volleyball team or softball team for UH. Brianna Lopez uh, throws a no-hitter. Chee! How about that? Rainbow Baseball, they come back 2-1 and one, uh, one and 2 against Cal State Fullerton. No shame in those baseballs, man. No shame at all. You guys fought and battled. You guys were warriors. Yeah, awesome fight. The bats were alive. Shout out Kyson Donahue, who had a little bit of issues on the field, and he tried to redeem himself there in extra innings uh, in yesterday's game and the first pitch of the of his at-bat. In the first pitch of extra innings, he hits a solo home run to try yeah. to get the go-ahead uh, win for Hawaii, but unfortunately that one run was not enough. Cal State Fullerton edges over Hawaii to get that series win. Awesome fight by the Rainbow Warriors. But yeah. it's going to take more than really great fight to get a lot more series wins in this conference. Yeah, this looks this looks like a pretty good uh, conference uh, this year for Big West Baseball. Uh, you know, Cal State Bakersfield, we've got coming up. In fact, in uh, about 10 minutes, we'll give away some tickets. Keep listening for that. We're just going to tell you to be a certain numbered caller. But... Uh, what did Kaiser Donahue? What did he bat? Five hundred during this season? I mean, you look at the box <laughs> score. It was like two for four, two for four, three for. Uh, it was unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Both the Donahues did well. They did well, but obviously, I think something that's going to be a focus for Kaiser as the year goes on is trying to get his fielding on par with his hitting. Because he had a ah, couple. Who cares about he had, that? He had, Come on. He had four errors this this series. Oh, sorry. so especially out of third base, you don't like to see it. He has a good arm. He's just you know got to get the ball out of his glove a little bit better and get the ball into his glove a little bit better as well. So see, I mean that's something to work on. But you're yeah. college, so you, this is the time you get to work on it before you get drafted. I was saying you say get the ball out of his glove a little faster. I say get a smaller glove. But then you said he had problems getting it in the glove. And you want a bigger glove. That's ah, a conundrum. All right, we move on. LSU wins the ladies' national championship in women's basketball. A lot of the talk about LSU's sportsmanship, however, and not the win. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it came to that. Honestly, I thought <laughs> coming out of this game, the big talk would be how terrible those refs were. Uh, it was really bad. Like, I don't think the refs decided a game because both teams uh, attempted around 27 free throws. So it wasn't lopsided calls. It was just the amount of calls. Just felt like it ruined the pace of the game. Caitlin Clark had a th- 
er, three early fouls, so that put her on the bench early in the game as well. So that probably what did it in for Iowa from the beginning when they couldn't have Caitlin Clark out on the court because she had all those fouls on her. And unfortunately, like you said, it ended the way it did. I personally don't really mind what happened on the court, but I can understand the perspective of other people why that, that would ruin in what looked like a pretty what looked like to be a pretty good game before the game started, then the refs kind of ruined it, and then yeah. the sportsmanship stuff in the end also kind of right. ruined it. So I understand. Rainbow Warrior football team gets a commitment from a they's, uh, national top high school quarterback, Micah Alejandro, who uh, is Duh. born. I said what? Alejandro. Did I say Dro again? Yes. That's going to be his name. That's his nickname. That's what I call him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how people Michael. call a, it's like the linebacker in, in Detroit where they call him Rodrigo. Yeah. You'll call him Ale, Alejandro. <laughs> Alejandro. Uh, Ale, oh, these guys, these Eva Beach people. It's how like how you say Kenny name? Pitts instead of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> anyway, Micah Alejandro, Alejandro of Eva Beach. Uh, he moved away and uh, went to Bishop Gorman. Uh, he's super, super good. It's a 2024 recruit. Yeah, so that's our second 2024 recruit. So the rise of the 24 Warriors are already starting strong with two solid three-star recruits. Micah Alejado beefing up a quarterback room in 2024 that will be led by the senior Braden Shaker at that point. And also uh, sophomore or redshirt freshman John Chiavesongapolutele, depending oh, on what they do with him this year. I forgot about him, but boy, man, can you imagine the stature of um Braden Shager and the stature of Alejado. I mean you got <laughs> it's like the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. It's like the the, the twin what was it called? Twins? Was that I the name so. of the movie? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Uh it's Masters Week and uh we've got coverage and updates for you uh uh as we get closer here to the action on Sunday. Uh I'd love to hear what folks and maybe uh, folks don't care. So I I'll I'll take that as a gauge if we get any texts on this. But who do you think is going to win? And maybe one sentence, why? I haven't given it much thought. Off the top of my head, I know who I want to win. I, I, I want Colin Morikawa or Tony Finau to win. I think that Scotty Scheffler has a great chance to repeat. But who repeats? Besides maybe Jack Nicholson and Tiger or something like that. I don't know if they have. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder who... who what people who people are rooting for at least let's do that who's you rooting for and uh why i think at if i don't wait two nine six fourteen twenty sorry i think if i had to throw a name into the hat because i'm i'm the ethos of golf on this station yes you uh, are <laughs> That's I, fine. I gotta look at a guy like xander shoffley who back in 2019 finished second 2021 finished third it's another odd year he could be operating like the 2010 san francisco giants Mm. where they go to the world series every other year maybe (laughs) now that this is the case of every other year maybe this is the year where xander shoffley can can finally get over that edge what you're telling me is this year he'll finish third again (laughs) well hey two three all he has left is one (laughs) yeah yeah i'm gonna um you were talking about um the uh, the Masters dinner, and that's always kind of that's always kind of neat to look at every year, depending on who the winner is. And so Scotty Scheffler won last year, and you mentioned the cheeseburger sliders. That's one of them. The Scotty style sliders. Okay, so here's the menu 
for the Masters Club dinner. So this is tomorrow. Okay. Cheeseburger sliders served up Scotty style. I wonder what that means. Does anybody Google maybe, that? Maybe he, like, cooks them in, like, because I know a guy that he his secret is, like, cooking it in bacon fat. So maybe oh, it's something... Maybe it's something akin to that. Who knows? Maybe it's a different kind of cheese that Scotty <laughs> style is uh, down for. Uh, all right. Also, they have firecracker shrimp, sweet Thai chili, and sriracha mayo. Huh? Okay. Uh, they have tortilla soup. Oh, that's good. Avocado, tortilla strips, sour cream, cilantro, little lime. I bet tortilla soup is pretty easy to make, too. And then, after, if you're not full yet, <laughs> a Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish. I don't know what redfish is, but uh, that's served with family-style mac and cheese, jalapeno creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasoned fries. You have che- mac and cheese and fries. That's insane. Who's going to eat all of this? And then, if would, you probably. have room, if you have room. A warm chocolate chip skillet cookie with milk. I think they do that at like a mainland joint. Like it's, I think it's called BJ's, where they have like the skillet cookie pie. I think uh-huh. that's what it's called. There was one uh-huh. by the uh, college I went to for a year, and it was all the rage with all of the uh, mainland folk that took me there. The uh, yeah, but I mean, okay. So here's a ribeye with some mac and cheese, fried Brussels sprouts, which sounds wonderful, seasoned fries. And I wonder what jalapeno creamed corn is. So you have cre- like a can of creamed corn, and I doubt they just empty it. I was going to say, I don't think over it, I don't think the Masters is doing canned cream right. corn. But it, but if you wanted to make your own, you would just cut up some jalapenos and put it in creamed corn. That sounds like a genius idea. It sounds. I mean, this sounds like an amazing dinner. It's definitely not like a, uh, a Hideki Matsuyama menu. Where I uh-huh. think I remember that menu being a lot more. I won't call it sophisticated because that sounds like very snobby of me i'm trying to think of the word here it's definitely uh, a different definitely a different vibe this menu has compared to other menus if that makes sense this is very like uh like mid-class like barbecue with the fam other than the ribeye <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm looking at um i'm looking at hideki's um hideki's menu and I have to blow this up and it won't let me. Okay, it Oh, he had sushi and chicken yakitori appetizers, miso glazed black cod. Ew. Uh Sounds ooh, awesome. I don't know what A5 means, but A5 wagyu beef ribeye. Those are the entrees and a Japanese strawberry shortcake. His sounds really good too actually. I think let's be real. You can pull up almost any masters menu and it's awesome. You could go to Tiger Woods's second uh masters menu and that is still the funniest one where it's just cheeseburger, fries and a milkshake. Wasn't oh, that really? the whole thing where Tiger basically had like a really like just just like bottom bar just like I just want cheeseburgers and a milkshake for this menu. <laughs> I want to look up some of these. You can actually look up. There's like a website. They have this dedicated to just um, to just uh, masters dinners. 
I wonder if they have, do they have dinners at the other? I don't know the answer to this, to like the Open or the, what they used to call the British Open or the PGA Championship. I think it's just because the Masters is the Masters. It's just so like its own world. I can't imagine any other uh, open tournament having a menu or a dinner like this because I feel like people will be like, oh, come on. That's the Masters thing. You're trying to copy the Masters. You're not even close to Augusta. You know what I mean? Oh, I just got a text from my friend Raymond. I said black cod, ew, because I don't know what that is. He said it's butterfish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. You see... Raymond, no. Uh, thank you very much, Raymond. <laughs> okay. Oh, here's. Oh, look at this. Okay. R does anyone know what Yorkshire pudding is? I think it's not like real pudding, isn't it? Anyway, uh, I was mentioning Danny Willett uh, last hour, and uh, his uh, master's dinner had mini cottage pies. I'm guessing that's like at Murphy's, the, the shepherd's pie. I'm guessing that's what it is. Um, uh, roast prime rib, roasted potatoes and vegetables, Yorkshire puddings with gravy, apple crumble, and vanilla custard. Oh, I thought you were looking up Yorkshire pudding. I was. Yorkshire pudding is literally is a baked pudding. Like it's like a, yeah. it's basically like a pastry in a way, and it just has like custard in it. Basically, it's it doesn't sound that bad. It just oh, depends on I what you put inside like the Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. I think you're, right, I know I'm what gonna, you're. I know what you're thinking of. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's blood, blood sausage. Or something. Yeah, well, but, blood sausage. But it's not yeah. Yorkshire pudding. You're, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't remember uh -huh. the name of it. It's what they okay. put in the British breakfast. Okay, off the top of your head, right now, and you can participate by calling or texting in at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Is um, the what would you have if you were a Masters champion? What would be your master's dinner? Off the top of your head. Now, you can change this later when you think about it. Off the top of your head, Tanner Hayworth's um, Augusta National Master's Dinner for 2024 is? Well, appetizers. Got to be poke. Okay. Got to have that in there. I'd probably have some other local thing that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But I guess entree, you know, you got to keep it local. Because that's the best kind of food. i probably go some kind of upscale like tonkatsu curry, like Japanese curry with tonkatsu. <laughs> uh -huh. And maybe on the other entree, maybe just keep that like an upscale loco moco maybe. <laughs> try to just make comfort food. Try to make everyone comfortable. Yeah. And then dessert, I don't know, something. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big dessert guy. Like I can't think of dessert off the top of my head. The... Uh... You know what? I bet the I bet those the those mainline. I'll do people, Ted Bakery's chocolate how pia pie. That's so <laughs> it's so offensive. I just said those mainland people, but I bet those mainland people, they would freak out. They would love like katsu curry. Yeah. I bet that's something that they've never had. Katsu right? curry is such like a comfort food for me. Like when I'm for down everybody. to the dumps, I could just go to like any random place and just grab it. And it's just like, oh, this is exactly what I needed right now. Okay, here's my here's my master's dinner, for a uh, for poo poo. I like your poke, but I would have sashimi. Mm. I would have sashimi, for and uh, let's see, I'd have sashimi and I don't know. I'll think of something else. My main dish would be cake noodle, 
char shoe on top the cake noodle with plenty gravy. Woo! <laughs> and then uh, for dessert, I'd have a ribeye. Oh! <laughs> for dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's give away Rainbow Warrior baseball tickets. Call in now at 808-296-1420. This is against Bakersfield Thursday night because they're not going to play on Easter, so it's a Thursday through Saturday series. If you want two tickets to Thursday night baseball, be caller number two at 808-296-1420, and they're yours from ESPN Honolulu. Hey, congratulations, Russell, out in Hawaii Kai. He got his tickets to UH Baseball Thursday night at uh, Murakami Stadium. We'll have another set of four tickets. I think I said a pair, but it's four tickets we're giving away at a time. Got four more tickets for you to win coming up on the show here on ESPN Honolulu. We were talking about uh, Tiger Woods', uh, well, the different um, uh, dinners, Masters dinners, and uh, Raymond was uh, reminded me that um, uh, on a text, that uh, about uh, Tiger Woods and, oh, what was his name? The guy when he first won his Masters. Oh, Fuzzy Zeller. When he had that comment about collard greens and, and stuff like that, that really kind of ruined uh, that was that's That became Fuzzy Zeller's legacy, unfortunately. Nobody talks about F- Fuzzy Zeller as a golfer. They talk about him because of the comments he made about the Masters dinner. But Tiger Woods' first uh, Masters dinner, as you mentioned, cheeseburgers, chicken sandwiches, french fries, and milkshakes. I wonder if the other people, that golfers that went there, said, what? Are you kidding? Cheeseburgers and french fries for the Masters dinner? I mean, it could be worse. It could have been Sandy Lyle in 1989 who wanted haggis with mashed turnips. <laughs> or Bernard Langer. In 1994, turkey and dressing. Eh, turkey? Come on. I don't know. The uh, Oh, Mark Weir. Elk, wild boar, Arctic char, it's a kind of fish, and Canadian beer. That sounds good to me. I mean, you know, you're talking I've never about the had elk before. I was gonna say you're talking about the Tiger Woods, you know, reaction to the menu. You're saying, ever saying, you know, what? They were probably saying, what? How come none of us thought of this before? <laughs> <laughs> I could just have a cheeseburger and a and a chicken sandwich. Yeah. Okay. That's so a great idea. But Tiger Woods is his master's dinners have evolved right. over the over the years. So in 1998, is cheeseburgers and chicken sandwiches. In uh, uh, 2002, porterhouse steak and chicken with a sushi appetizer. In 2003, yes, he did win back-to-back. It was another porterhouse steak and chicken, sushi from uh, 2002, so the same menu. But also, they had sashimi, salad, crab cakes, asparagus, mashed potatoes, and a chocolate truffle cake. But he basically had the same menu two years in a row. Everyone's like, oh, we had this last year. Come on, Tiger. Uh, and then in 2006, you see Tiger wins a lot. Uh, it was stuffed jalapeno and quesadilla appetizers with salsa and guacamole. That sounds Gre- awesome. Green salad, steak fajitas, chicken fajitas, Mexican rice, refried beans, apple pie, and ice cream for dessert. You went Tex-Mex so- that year. 
<laughs> he did. And I'm trying to see how many times did uh, Tiger he won win? At least one more time, right? Because I know he won it recently. Well, okay, 2020. Uh, in 2020, it was uh, the August, Augusta roll of tempura shrimp, spicy tuna, avocado, eel sauce, tempura flakes, pickled ginger, wasabi, and soy sauce to start. Uh, prime steak and chicken fajitas was the main course. Grilled vegetables, refried beans, Mexican rice, pico de gallo, sour cream, guac, flour tortillas, and a bunch of desserts. But anyway. He, so he got a little bit of everything like a mix last of time. And also, yeah. you go to Gallo. Gallo. Chris. What did I say? Gallo. Like Joey Gallo. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's Pico de Gallo? Yeah, that's how the two double L's I always work. say Pico de Gallo. I have some Pico de Gallo on that, please. <laughs> 7.25 in the morning on Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. It's going to be partly cloudy today. Got a few showers here and there. Trades are back at 10 to 15. That's the good news. And uh, we've got, um, what do we got? You're making motions to me. I was saying trades are back. Let's go. Oh, I thought I was, I was missing something. Hey, I see here the, uh, um, we'll have another traffic check in about five minutes. I see here, and this was Saturday's, um, I was going to say newspaper, but they don't have a newspaper on Saturday. But the online version of the Honolulu Star Advertiser, the headline reads, President Lassner's fighting $24 million for the University of Hawaii budget. Um, so I guess they took 24 million, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, see if I got this right. They took $24 million out of the budget for University of Hawaii because of, uh, the, the pandemic. And I guess they were short on money or, or whatever it is. Basically. So now he wants to get that $24 million back. Uh, but he says, well, it doesn't help to have three very powerful senators who have expressed their, uh, antith antipathy to my leadership and the primary look there's three senators who want him to resign so he's got to go up to those guys and go hey can i get 24 million dollars and it's not like um president lastner is saying that he's not willing to stand in before them but um the chair of the senate ways and means committee oh senator donovan dela cruz the uh, you know career politician one of the career politicians um basically says hey if he wants the money he can still has time to get it all he has to do is ask i i, I think he in other words it sounds like come before me and let me hear you beg for it i think there's a line in the in that article that highlights that the best and uh, De La Cruz sent the Star Advertiser a list of UH budget recommendations, but said there is still time in the legislative session for Lasner and UH to lobby for the $24 million right. they, think is they think is missing. Yeah. Oh, they think it's missing, but you can ask for it. You know, th this is part of the problem, is this little games that these we were playing. Hey, the bill's still in play. If there's bills we can appropriate, he can still ask. Okay, don't you think that he's he needs the money and wants the money? He needs to ask you for the money? You guys want <laughs> UH to be a much better school. Yet there's this this mystery $24 million that UH could have, and you're like, well, he should ask for it. For, and you know what? Also, though, to be fair, 
President Lassner did say in account of that $24 million, I'm trying to find the quote on it uh, as, I tr- as I try to you know give a benefit of the doubt kind of deal. Lassner still said he still needs to get more details about the latest UH budget proposal. So it's still out there. He has until June 30th to get, you know, to lie before that $24 million. But it's just so upsetting that this is a story that yes. the president of the university needs to basically just ask for some help from this uh, Senate group that wants, that asks so much for the University of Hawaii. And there's obvious ways to, to help them, but yet it feels like that there is no clear path that they actually do want to help right. Lasner with this situation. Right. So Dela Cruz is saying, hey, you know what? It's the, you know, if he thinks he's missing it, he can ask us for it. You know, instead of that, I would love to hear, hey, I heard about that. I picked up the phone and called him and I told him this is what you guys need to do in order to get this money. It's just that these they, they, for, they can't work together. I don't understand why Donna Mercado Kim and it's uh, Kidani and and Dela Cruz, all of these state senators, they really have it out for David Lasner. I, I don't really, I don't know David Lasner. I shook his hand the other day and he looked at me like, "Who are you?" So I'm not, you know, it's not like a pal that I'm trying to defend, but it just seems that everybody loves David Lasner, from the students all the way up on campus at the University of Hawaii. Except these three senators, they've got something against the guy, and I don't get it. I don't get why. Yeah, Lasner, like David Lasner, has gone out to say there's a lot that they still can do to make UH a lot better. He wants to increase the budget, hire more faculty across the UH system. What is this? Lasner wants to give jobs to people in a economy that needs people to you know want jobs out there to train the next generation of owl workers, especially. Healthcare specialists. Oh, look, another thing that we need in the state. And asked about alternative sources of revenue if it doesn't come from the state. Historically, they have raised tuition, but he and the Board of Regents do not want to raise tuition on the students to get more funding from the university, which I think that's that's amazing. And I think that's the right way to do it is to get the money from legislation and to not kind of handicap the other students from wanting to get in, in a state where the uh, newest body of students for UH has only started to rise once again a little bit, at least contextually from the COVID years. Right. And, and I mean, it was up the path because of the COVID years, yeah. because people were chose to stay home uh, for safety reasons or whatever, or they couldn't afford uh, to go away. So, I don't know. It just, it's this whole, uh, come here and kiss my ring and we'll... You know, let us, you know, I mean, just just the I don't know if I was reading David Shapiro's column over the weekend. Just the just the the total disrespect for by these senators in power to anyone who appears before them. It's almost like something you would see in a movie. It's like they're like Jabba the Hutt. Uh, sitting there, and you've got to go up, and uh, you know you're you're Han Solo, and those guys. I mean, it's just it's, it's, it's just crazy. It it's, certainly helps, and everyone must love this because they keep <laughs> voting him in year after year after year. I mean, it certainly helped that he got support from not only you know Governor Green, a lot of local senators as well. He also got you know 
a lot of support from you know the Ed Cases, the uh, the Brian Schatzes, the you know just both of the uh, the House of Representatives and Senate seats. You know they've been here forever and they love David Lasner. And David Lasner yeah. has done a great job. Not to keep rolling on this record, but it's it's just laughable that this is how the state runs sometimes. Well, it's not. It, it's not even. It, and it, I guess it is. I mean, I, I, apparently, uh, according to the writer, this this is that that you know they got some against him when he was a state senator. He didn't vote on something, and I'm going to get you one day. And now I got you. <laughs> now that's an opinion. Uh, that's just an opinion piece by uh, uh, the writer at the time, but it's 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 crazy that we're talking about this because this is stuff to benefit benefit scholarship programs for students and all of that. And yet you're playing a little game with it. It's not uh, only for students; it's for teachers. It's for jobs. Right. Well, just the Hope Scholarship Program. I mean, that the, too. The, the, yeah, it's it, but it's like uh, no, because I don't like him, <laughs> and he's not listening to me. He won't let me tell him who we want the athletic director to be. In the great words of Lamar Ball, Lamar. Lonzo Ball, Lavar, who? Lavar? I think if you The dad. Yeah, Lavar. Lavar Ball. Yes. Stay in your own lane, Mercado Kim. 734, we got to check your traffic. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Thank you guys for texting in at 808-296-1420. I don't want to harp on our state senators anymore. It's just the same thing every, every single week. We'll save that for tomorrow's show. Let's talk about the Masters dinner. I see your guys' text at 808-296-1420. Hey, it's Masters week, and we've got coverage for you, uh, uh, updates and things like that all uh, week long here on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, they even have a kind of a Masters wrap-up show that you can hear at 10 o'clock. I believe it's starting today, tonight? No, starting Wednesday night. Uh, you can get the uh, earlier version on your way home on CBS 1500. But it was uh, somebody is I was asked who you want to win. Uh, this is a good one too, Matt Kuchar. For some reason, and I don't know why, that I don't know why Matt Kuchar is so popular. You saw him this past weekend. Was it the Valero Open? Whatever it was this past weekend. Uh, I mean, he was in contention, and people would go nuts for him. I mean, I'm guessing it's just so they can go, Cooch, for some reason, though. But anyway, uh, oh, I'd love to see. Are you kidding me? Matt Kuchar win the Masters? I don't know if it's going to happen, but that would be that would be cool. We were talking about Scotty Scheffler's Masters dinner, the cheeseburger sliders and stuff like that. And <laughs> this text is funny. It says, sounds like Scotty is trying to give his competition a heart attack before they tee off. A lot of these are, man. Uh, let's see. I mean, there are a lot of older guys that do that do go to the Masters, so you never know. Yeah. Uh, good morning, guys. This is Thomas Yorkshire. York, you say Yorkshire or Yorkshire? Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Do they have Yorkshire Pico de Gallo? <laughs> Yorkshire puddings are a British staple and a comfort food over there, down with the roast dinners. They're absolutely delicious. 
but they definitely do not come with custard. They typically have gray, ew, or uh, standalone as a side. You would not be disappointed. All right. I believe you. Oh, here's one. Here's somebody's master's dinner at 808-296-1420. Salt and vinegar wings. I'm not a big fan of that. I know people love that. Over in Foodland, they line up for that. Oh, I love the salt and vinegar wings from Foodland. Those are really good. Safeway has them too. I know a lot of people they're, like. Them. I think either one. They're. I like. I just like salt and vinegar wings. They're really good. I don't know. I, 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 I don't of know a if heart it attack. matches. I don't know if it matches with the golf tournament, but you know what I mean. Like I don't know why I don't like vibe. Like chicken wings just feel like more like other sports, not golf. <laughs> But you don't play golf. There's a lot of golfers that would probably uh, like. True, you're wings. right. You're right. You're right. Okay, here's what. Here's somebody's prime rib dinner. Uh, prime rib dinner. Master's dinner. Prime rib with hot horseradish sauce on the side. Lobster. Oh, escargot and garlic butter sauce. Ew. And tiramisu for dessert. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what I would do if I didn't like someone. Like the guy, I forget who I read earlier, who, who gave his master's dinner was haggis. Like, make him eat lao lao. <laughs> because you got to, you know, people from the mainland, they don't dig into a lao lao and go, mmm. Or lao lao with lomi, uh, lomi lomi salmon. Mm. You know, a lot of people on the mainland don't have a flavor, a, a taste for that. Right. So they would be like, you. Uh, let's see. Sean, thank you for. <laughs> yeah. Sean, thanks for texting. Uh, Sean, on his master's dinner, would have sashimi, smoked meat, some poke, and lumpia. Yeah, got to have lumpia. Uh, poi, pig, squid, luau, and lao lao. He would have kulolo, halpia, coconut ice cream, uh, pani popo, and cinnabon. And uh, um, let's see, mac salad, if they need a salad. Yeah, <laughs> mac salad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good hey, one, Sean. I, I got to make sure they have mac salad. I got a question, though. Do you make the chefs at Augusta dig out an emu pit, though? <laughs> really? I uh, Let's see. Uh, let's see. I believe Tiger, uh, Tiger's Dinner, uh, old-timers, re two to three old-timers refused to attend. That must have been the first time in 98, because he won in 97, when he had the cheeseburgers and chicken sandwiches and french fries. Wow. Thank you, Hank. That's pretty crazy. It sounds about uh, right. That they would, that the, some people would This is the Masters. Pretend. You can't just, uh, just cheeseburgers and chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Give us turkey. <laughs> Give us I escargot. It's like if you see Bernard Langer, depending on you, and you can look up the stuff he's had. So boring. If Bernard Langer wins, you're like, eh, it's okay. I'm busy that day. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Korean Kalbi ribs. Yes. Woo. You know, I we've been eating. Uh, we've been eating what we call Kalbi here in Korea. They don't call what we eat Kalbi. Well, they call it Kalbi. But it's called L.A. style. Have you heard that? L.A. style. Because Korean, real Korean kalbi is thick. Not the thin one. The thin one they call L.A. style. My neighbor, who used to be my neighbor, he moved. But he started the franchise of, uh, you've seen it in the malls, Holy Cow, the hot dog place. Right. right. 
and they're from uh, actually his parents are from Korea. He's I think born and raised in Seattle and stuff. Anyway, so he left Hawaii because that Holy Cow franchise became so huge that he's got all these stores on the mainland now. But anyway, uh, when I remember when we, we first moved in, I was you know cooking on my grill in front of my garage, and he lives in the townhouse next to us, and he goes, oh. Oh, what do you got there? He goes, oh, I said, call B. He goes, oh, no, no, no. We call that L.A. style. And I was like, what? You're putting down my call B. But it is. Anyway. I love the. I'm, I love him calling it L.A. style. Your initial instinct is, why are you putting down my call B? <laughs> yeah. This is call B. Well, if you go to H Mart, you've ever been to H Mart? You go yeah. shopping at H Mart, you buy the call B. It says, call B ribs, L.A. style. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maybe they're French, and they're just saying, this is the style to buy. Hey, you know what? I didn't hear about this. Uh, I got a text, and it says, how about those two Hawaii boys that won their age groups in the National Drive, Chip, and Putt at Augusta yesterday? It was awesome. Oh, I'm going to look that up. See, they have, a, they have a youth competition from kids from all over the country, and they compete. It's like the punt, pass, and kick uh franchise that the uh, nfl has but uh oh okay i'm gonna look that up anyway march madness men's finals i know you're listening alan matson he's saying go aztecs playing yukon i'm good with whoever wins either way uh because i love danny hurley i, I love that story but more on that coming up we've got to you know let's check our traffic here uh in the meantime weather today they say partly cloudy a couple of showers here and there nothing big uh, trade winds are 10 to 15 miles per hour. Yes, the trade winds are back. And uh, right now, 73 here in the Magic City on ESPN Honolulu. We can't get to March Madness here. We got a big game to, uh, this afternoon. You can catch it on ESPN Honolulu, San Diego State, and UConn. Put a pin in that for a second, because I did not know about this uh, drive, chip, and putt contest, and had a couple of Hawaii guys actually win. That's huge. Okay, first of all, from the Big Island, uh, tell us about that guy. Uh, the Big Island. So that is Leo Saito. He was in the twelfth. 12- to 13 range he was in one of the two divisions that required playoffs to determine oh. a champion uh him prevailing over arav lavu in the boys 12 to 13 i wonder what he's gonna have for his master's dinner huh <laughs> hey he technically won at the masters they gotta put some more content for leo saito a lot of the other champions seem to have a lot more content put some respect on Saito's name. Yeah, don't be Angel Reesing him. Come on now. Hey, uh, give us the, uh, so there's another really interesting story, and there's so much so much about this. I can't believe we haven't heard it. Okay, so the other winner from Hawaii is from the North Shore. Yeah, so that was Laie's Nielsen Manutai. Um, in the, I'm trying, what age range was this? So first of all, in the age 10 to 11 range, Okay. What was his Here's, drive? You said okay. He's he's ten. He's he's like ten years old. Maybe he's eleven. And and the this is in the he he drove the ball two hundred fifty yards. Okay, he <laughs> outdrove Uncle Chrissy here by seventy yards right there. 
I'm gonna. I I, I have no shame. I'm 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 gonna par three. It's 180. I'm pulling driver, baby. Anyway, so the kids. So uh, he's tell got us about help. his. Tell us his story. Yeah. So he he has a little bit of help in his family because uh his mom is the cousin of Tony Finau's wife. So. <laughs> Like the island, you know, we're all only like two degrees separated of, of everyone, it feels mm-hmm. like. And Manutai has played often with Tony Finau or his uncle Tony and saying he's been pushed a lot by Tony and he's been given a lot of tips. I mean, if there's someone to get a lot of tips for, it's probably from Tony Finau. Probably get yeah. your putting advice from someone else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, just, I know. I'm just trying to be bad. funny. I'm trying to be funny. Yeah. I'm trying, but, to, uh, trying to drop you know, some you funny know who, bombs. And also, you know, I don't know Tony Finau's brother. I don't know his name. But this is the Finau brothers were somebody that June Jones talked about. Oh, gosh, 20 years ago. He said these couple of kids uh, he saw, I think they were here in Hawaii. And they're, they're brothers and the Finau brothers, and they could just bomb the, the heck out of the, the golf ball. I wonder whatever happened to Tony Finau's brother. Now, Tony Finau went on to, you know, greatness. He's won, I think, three times now on the PGA Tour. And there was a special on Netflix about these golfers, uh, about different golfers. And they followed Tony Finau around. And one of the things is that Tony Finau travels, has been traveling lately with his family. And he's, the you know, some people, uh, analysts might wonder, well, is that kind of a distraction, having your family? or And he's got a big family. Uh, you know, having your wife and kids with you on the road. And he's, you know, the reason he did it is because, look, if you're on the PGA Tour, you're, tour, you're, you're gone, you know, most of the year. You're on the road. And his wife's father had passed away, and he didn't want her to just sit at home and, uh, you know, during this time. So he had him and all his kids. They go with him on the road, and uh, he's done pretty well uh, since he started doing that. So now he's got even more family on the road. They have to rent a bigger house uh, near Augusta because they've got uh, cousin Nielsen with them too. So anyway, two winners in the hopefully in the Finau family at Augusta. All right, we promised. Um, we promised uh, March Madness talk. Now, UConn is a big favorite. About what's the line on this game, Tanner? I'm getting that information as we speak Oh, okay. Here, so anyway. The, I'd assume but, but, UConn probably, you know, I can't make any assumptions. Oh, UConn here, is a, UConn big, is a seven-point favorite. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. It's basically, that's the, top, the, the, the deal here. UConn is a seven-point favorite. I, I like Danny Hurley. I like his story. I think he's a great coach. And, you know, maybe, I mean, UConn's a big-time basketball program, but even if he does well, I wonder if they're looking at North Carolina or they're saying that John Calipari might be on the hot seat, one of these schools to have Danny Hurley coach over there. But, you know, that's the story. But at the same time, San Diego State is not a basketball power. They've been successful in the past, and uh, they have at least one great NBA player coming from San Diego State in, um, oh gosh, Clippers. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, thank you very much. It was either him or Paul George, because they're both from Mountain well, West. Well, Paul schools. George is from Fresno State. Yeah, I was like, it was one of those two, and I couldn't remember which one. But I mean, the, I mean, here's a, 
San Diego State is, you know, they've been a very good basketball program, but not like this. I mean, they could win their first ever national championship out of the Mountain West Conference. Actually, the Mountain West Conference is pretty special when it comes to being a mid-major in basketball conference. They're successful until they get to March Madness. San Diego State is right. actually the only like team to win a game it in was the a tournament in, a, yeah. in a long time for the Mountain West. But and how many teams from the Mountain West got to the tournament? Like five. They were a five-bid yeah, five conference this year. And to be fair, if it weren't for the pandemic canceling March Madness back in 2020, that was mm. the year where San Diego State was 30-2. and two. San Diego State was a top team in the nation, and they could have had an amazing year if the tournament wasn't canceled. So this is like amazing good karma for the Aztecs. And that was different coaching. That was a different coach back then. The coach was, what's the guy? He's coached Michigan's Fab Four. He's Gary Dickman's friend. He's been on the show a couple of times. Anyway, folks know who I'm talking about. That was the coach. Right uh, for San Diego State, and he. But it's a great uh, culture that they have at San Diego State that they're not only. I mean, for a long time, you think of oh well, obviously it's the football school. You know, Marshall Falk went. Marshall Falk went there. Was mm-hmm. it Marshall Falk? Yes. Yeah, he. You know, we a lot of people know that a lot more than I do. Um, but <laughs> I think now you see this, and like, is San Diego State before our eyes becoming a basketball school? You know they've always been pretty good, but I don't know. I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't call them a football school either. And they're kind of. Uh, they're pretty they're, good in a lot of. They're things. developing. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, our uh, top stories you need to know heading on into work. That's coming up. Oh, and we got four more tickets to Rainbow Baseball to give away. Keep listening to ESPN Honolulu. Three things you need to know heading on into work. A lot of winning over the weekend. But congratulations to Charlie Wade and his gang. Uh, Hawaii uh, volleyball sweeps on the road. Who do we play? Santa Barbara. Uh, UCSB. And uh, there's a little trash talking going on, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of trash talking in the third set of Saturday night's game from uh, from uh, Ryan Wilcox, their star opposite hitter. And, you know, to be fair... Yeah, they were up like five points, and they were also down five sets that weekend at that point, too. So it was like, <laughs> oh, a real confident one when you're down two sets. And, of course, when they were up five, he starts talking a little smack, and then Hawaii just comes around and beats them 29-27 that set. Yeah, yeah. That's why, that's why you talk you smack after you win. Yeah, like Angel Reese. That uh, you know what? Another another punk move by a Punahou kid. First you got the baseball, and now you got this Punahou kid going to Santa Barbara. We do not associate smack. with those with those oh, guys. We associate geez. with the good Punahou students. All right. <laughs> uh, hey, great great fight, great battle by uh, the UH baseball team, losing two walk offs. Really, two games going one and two, but the two you lost was due to a walk-off, one in extra innings. Congratulations to the Rainbow Wahine softball team. Um, That UC San Diego pitcher, I forget her first name. Last name was Cecil. Wow, she was awesome. She was an awesome pitcher they faced. But Bree Lopez, no hitter over the weekend for Brianna Lopez. Good friend of the family here. Let's get her back on the air. Yeah, Bree had an amazing uh, Saturday after coming off a pretty rough uh, Friday uh, start. But she had, uh, I think, I can't remember who she was talking with. I think it was with Alan 
a Hoshida of KHON2, I believe. And she was talking about she her coming off the mound really emotional because I think she's talked about it a little bit too, uh, where she kind of feels like she's in this weird slump. I think Bob Coolin has also talked about it, where she's like kind of slumping a little bit. Really? So getting that shutout win, I think, was amazing for her. Also, shout out to San Diego native Haley Johnson, just absolutely smacking the living heck out of the softball, getting a, a bunch of different RBIs, home runs, and all that good stuff. A lot of really great hitting in the middle of that lineup as they get ready for their third matchup in the Big West. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bria was, uh, gave up seven hits in five and a third innings on the first day. But Hawaii uh, does uh, uh, beat them uh, two to three in that. All right. LSU wins the national championship in women's basketball. Uh, coach, uh, is it Kim Mulkey? Kim Mulkey with her fourth national championship. She's only been at LSU for two years, and they win it all. This is the this is the team that Hawaii lost to in the tournament. So I think a lot of uh, people were kind of rooting for LSU, maybe to uh, go all the way as a three seed, and they did. Although whether you agree with it or not, people aren't talking about the games, the blowout wins so much as they are talking about sportsmanship. And to be fair. It's not the best look. I'm still on the side of the athlete where I do like a little smack talk. If it's after the game, you know, get what you get what you got, you know, a little bit. Because Caitlin Clark has been talking a lot of smack throughout this entire tournament. You kind of, it's not like you kind of get what you deserve, but it's the you know, mess around and find out. Yeah, for but Caitlin the, Clark. I, I I wonder though. It, it's like, did Caitlin Clark do anything to Angel Reese? So all you're seeing is you got one. Uh, uh, hey, the, you know what? This whole thing is just getting out of hand. I think in some of, in college and pro sports with the whole talking smack and doing wave my fan, you know, point to my ring finger. You know what I mean? I can see if you kind of made that up, but you got you got little kids doing this, pointing to their ring finger, and it's like you know what? You're you're playing in the nine to ten division. There's no ring for the winner. In fact, everybody gets a particip- participation trophy. Stop it. It's gone too far already. All right, let's move on. Rainbow Warriors get a commitment from a national top high school quarterback from Bishop Gorman. Yeah, so Micah Alejado, the three-star quarterback, the Max Preps Junior of the Year, uh, comes out, gets a, gets his visit in December. I think, no, he had made his decision in December, he had said, and he wanted to do the official visit to kind of confirm what he already knew. He went down there. He said his family basically looked at each other. They were like, yep, this is the place for us. A great family vibe here for the Rainbow Warriors as we lock down our second 2024 commit and really upgrade this quarterback room that in 2024 will feature the senior Braden Shager. It'll be year two for John K. Avesangopolutele and now including the Max Preps Junior of the Year this year. Who knows what he'll do in his senior year, Micah mm. Alejandro. All right, and uh, don't call him Michael Alejandro because that's I, I have a patent on that. I can't get his name right for whatever reason. You'll have to pay Chris $5 every time you use that name. Yeah. Uh, oh, we did get a t- uh, text from Patrick. He's saying, uh, future subject, Max Holloway, upcoming fight. So what he's saying is, don't forget Max Holloway's fighting. Yeah, Max Holloway's fighting in 12 days. Thank you, Patrick, for texting in. Uh, He's going to be fighting at T-Mobile Center in Kansas City April 15th. 
In fact, I believe uh, we're going to be down at uh, watching that at Dave and Buster's. Uh, a little heads up. Mark that on your calendar if you guys want to come down and join us. But uh, Max Holloway is uh, 23 and 7. The guy he's fighting is a guy named Arnold Allen. He's the number four ranked featherweight contender. Uh, this guy's record is 19 and 1. He's number four, but he's only lost once uh, in his career. So that's uh, who Max has got coming up again April 15th. Yeah, you know, a future 19 and 2 record, I think, is on the horizon for this Arnold Allen, or is that <laughs> his name? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Who- uh-huh. I mean, it's Max. It's hard to you can't root against Max. I mean, he's, well, nobody's rooting against him. <laughs> I just don't want him to I think, lose again. But also, I think in like as a general in UFC, Max Holloway is just a just one of the better fighters right now. He has an amazing story. I still think back to I think it was the fight in Dubai where he was like talking smack in the middle of the fight. He was like talking to the announcers in the middle of the fight and dodging punches at the exact same time. It's one of my favorite uh, fight highlights that I've seen, uh, not only just from Max Holloway, just in general. Uh, it's I'm looking for more of that. So let's go, Max. I can't wait right. for April, 15th, April 15th. Interesting news that came out this morning. The uh, UFC, speaking of the UFC, and the WWE are combining to create one big, huge sports entertainment company. It's going to be valued at over $21 billion. Never saw these two coming together. Vince McMahon left uh, WWE a while back uh, for all you know all the controversy or whatever. The, he's the executive chairman. Uh, he'll be the executive chairman of, with his partnership. So he leaves, but then he comes back in January. And you're thinking, why is McMahon back, uh, you know, heading up the WWE again? What's going on? And, well, we found out right here. So this, um, I guess they don't even have a name for this new business, but the CEO is going to be a guy named Ari Emanuel. I don't know who that is. Vince McMahon will be the executive chairman of WWE. Dana White will still be the president of the USC. Uh, they'll have a guy named Nick Khan who'll be the president of the WWE. But now, you know what? It seemed like Dana White was always the man, right? I don't know. It doesn't. It looks like he's second in control over here. Well, and, you know, him next to and Vince that's behind McMahon. ownership. Yeah, what? him next to Vince McMahon just sounds about right when you look at the <laughs> antics of these two guys a little bit. But I, what I, I think what I like the most about the merger of WWE and UFC is you've already seen kind of like, I'll, I'll use the words of the article here, there's like already a synergy that exists between the two because we've seen UFC fighters go to the uh, to the WWE uh, back and forth because we remember Ronda Rousey who had that amazing like start to her career, kind of died down a little bit so she jumped to WWE. Brock Lesnar, also another star between the two. I just think that it's a combination that just makes sense. I think it'll be interesting to see how how this works down the line and like what it is that them come together, what more for either side? What more for, can the WWE do now that they have the partnership with the UFC? And what more can the UFC can UFC do with their partnership with WWE? I'm not really sure what the answer is there. But this merger, I think, is a pretty big one. 
Oh, it's huge. What this does is, okay, by the way, Ronda Rousey didn't, her career didn't kind of die down. She got pummeled and was never the same uh, yeah. ever since. Then she went over to the WWE, becoming wildly popular and a champion there. See, the thing about the WWE is you have fans from 12-year-old kids to 45-year-old businessmen on Wall Street. I mean, it's a huge audience for the WWE. They're both sports entertainment companies, right? What you're going to have now is think of these TV and streaming deals upcoming. So that's, I think, one thing, one advantage uh, that they're going to have is that, I mean, it's it's going to be even bigger money than the money that they're printing right now. So I wonder if you, okay, with the WWE and the and the um, the UFC combining, I wonder if other sports or sports entertainment companies look at this and go, wait a minute. If now they're worth $21 billion, if the Major League Baseball and NBA combine or something like that, I don't think that'll ever happen. I know what I'm getting at. It's going to be on a smaller scale with other ones. But this is a great possibility. I mean, it's, it's something that it could be the future, right? And you look back on this day and go, hey, back in uh, uh, 2013, uh, 2023, when the UFC and WWE combined, it sparked this. Right. I think it's kind of like when you look at it, the NBA, the ABA merger, the NFC, the NFL and the AFC mer- AFL merger. Mm-hmm. I think uh, to a smaller scale, it's kind of like the partnerships that the NFL has with the XFL and the CFL. I mean, these partnerships do exist in between leagues where they do come together as kind of one organization in a way. And I think the NFL has been trying their best to kind of create a second a uh, second company of themselves, kind of like a minor league deal. But mm-hmm. I think the big deal for the UFC WWE is that they're kind of similar, but they're not the same. And yeah. I think that's the whole thing that you were talking about in the whole entertainment business. Because the WWE, like you said, the age range of their fans is probably like the widest range, probably next to baseball. Um, because- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're joking, right? Uh, well, a little bit. Because Tanner, teenagers don't follow baseball. Why do you think they yes, tried they to shave? Why do you think yes, they're they shaving do. half an well, hour because off now the they broadcast? Because it's they're boring. Doing it. No, now they're, they're not. No, now they're not. They Look at the ratings. Yes, Look are. at the demos and the ratings before you I'm say that. I'm saying that, that there are fans. I'm not saying that there is a huge bevy of fans. I'm just saying the mm. age ranges of their fans are kind of like that. But to get back to my original point here, I think when you look at the how WWE is kind of just social media like powerhouse. They just had WrestleMania this weekend, yeah. and I watch no WWE. I've watched so many <laughs> random clips of the WWE's WrestleMania over the last two days, right. like way more than I have in my entire life because yeah. they just found like a great combination of doing all that stuff. Well, yeah, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, here I'm looking at a clip here where Snoop Dogg is, uh, has a belt, and he's in the at center stage. George Kittle is in the audience. He's part of the action going on from the 49ers. Yeah, he and Pat McAfee. But you've got, you've got 80,000 people in a stadium for WrestleMania. 80,000. The UFC is not going to get 80,000 in, in an arena for a UFC fight. Now, I think they choose not to on purpose, uh, but at the same time, you've got some big stadium fights in the UFC, 
80,000 is a lot of people. You know, they, you might even, I don't know where the, 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 the last WrestleMania was. You were watching it, did they say? I can't remember because it was in kind of two. Di- I, I thought it looked like it was in two different venues, or at least I had a roof because there was one day where it was dark and one where it was uh, bright in the middle of the day. Oh, I wonder if it was somewhere like you know a lot of these stadiums, like yeah, in a Phoenix or something like that, where they can uh, they can open it up or Las Vegas. No, I don't think that I don't think a lot, Allegiant Stadium seats eighty thousand though. Uh, but I could be wrong. All right, let's do this. 16 minutes after the hour, we'll take your calls and texts at 808-296-1420. Oh, let's do this first. We got these rainbow baseball tickets to give away, four of them, to check out the Bows taking on uh, Cal State Bakersfield. This is for Thursday night because of Easter. They're pushing the series up a day, so they're going to play Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But if you want UH baseball tickets, be caller. we'll do caller number three this time at 808-296-1420. Third caller gets four tickets. From ESPN Honolulu. Hey, congratulations, Katie in Manoa. You got a short drive to Murakami Stadium Thursday night. You got four tickets uh, to see Hawaii take on Cal State Bakersfield. A good battle by the Bows over the weekend against Cal State Fullerton. Easily, we could have been come home, you know, three to nothing winners. Could have swept them all. But uh, congratulations, guys. Good, good to have the boys home. Let's show up in force uh, this weekend. Let them show that we appreciate them. Also, uh, we got volleyball is now at home this week, right? Men's volleyball against and uh, who are we playing? UC Irvine Friday and Saturday. So get ready for that. Uh, thanks for texting in at 808-296-1420. And uh, let's see here. Um, uh, here's a text. We were talking about the uh, 2024 verbal commit uh, junior uh, out of Bishop Gorman, Micah Alejado. And he says, hey, guys, Micah Alejado is from Makakilo. Uh, this one says some people say Eva in the paper. But anyway, he played youth ball in Kapole and the Eva Sabres before Moving to Las Vegas, I had the pleasure of watching my son, Pono Wilms, center to Micah for two seasons at the Stabers. It says he's like a coach on the field. Yeah, if he's anything like Tua Tonga-Vailoa was at that age, that's the same thing Tua Tonga-Vailoa was. Just coach on the field at 10 years old. We were talking a lot early today, and a lot of people around the, the country and in social media have been talking about the sportsmanship uh, after LSU beat Iowa in the National Championship of Women's Basketball. And this uh, text says, Angel Reese, so that sad that she is unapologetic that she taunted for so long when the outcome of the game was decided. In the moment, people do that, but it's... It, in the moment, people do that. But it seemed that it was calculated. Not a good look for her. Okay. But, yeah, you, you have a face. You have, you have that face again. Well, because I think because this people is, can't have their own opinion. No, I. This is the <laughs> thing. I guarantee you, Caitlin Clark would be doing the exact same thing if they won. Really? I guarantee you, she's been doing it the entire tournament. And I think if she won and she celebrated, no one would be saying anything about it. In fact, I think they would be celebrating Caitlin Clark today. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just I can I, I, just, I get I'm just, I can I'm just sick of this. That. I'm just sick of some of this stuff. It's it's a, it's a bad look for Caitlin Clark what she did earlier, and how she was whatever she was doing. I still don't think it's a bad look. I don't know. I do. I, 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 I just, Let I've them live. Let the I've been raised. Play. I've li- I've just been raised with the taught that you you do your play on the court, shut your mouth, and celebrate in a positive way. But maybe I'm old fashioned that way. I guess uh, we were talking earlier about the uh, at Augusta the National Drive uh, Chip and Putt contest at um, the Masters, and a couple of people that uh, are from Hawaii that won. And then someone says here. We mentioned this, but uh, one of the guys, Nielsen Manutai, he said, he's related to Tony Finau. He's related to Tony Finau's wife. Same thing. It's family, right? Uh, the other's from Hilo. And you said that he didn't get much information on the uh, the kid from Hilo. Do you remember his name off the top of your head again? Uh, Leo Saito. Leo Saito. Yeah. It said he holed his putt twice, once in the playoffs. So what did it for Saito was excellent, excellent punting. Uh, punting. Putting. <laughs> Maybe he's a good punter, too. Maybe he knows Pat McAfee. Uh, but this the Tony Fina, Nielsen Manutai, the guy's like 10 years old, 10 or 11 years old. He he drove the ball 250 yards. <laughs> My gosh. <sighs> he's not going to be like Uncle Chrissy pulling out a driver at a par three. He probably stopped doing that at the age of five, but a lot of texts on the uh, on the, the the drive putt and chip con- competition, the Masters dinner conversation kind of took over the radio show. And here's a t- I wanted to know what you would like at your Masters dinner, and here's one. This one's uh, we got a lot of steaks and Colby's and Hawaiian foods. Here's one though. Check this out. I, w- I would love this. Peking duck. And dim sum appetizer, prime rib, and king crab legs uh, with all the fixings and sides, and then cheesecake for dessert. Here's even better. If this is the uh, if this is the master's dinner, you have prime rib. Okay, here's my dinner. You ready? I, I changed my dinner, Tanner. My dinner is prime rib. Everybody gets the end piece. Huh? You got to cook a lot of prime ribs. Everybody gets the end piece, okay, the one with all the salt and the fat. And then you have king crab legs, but it's not king crab legs. They're already uh, they're already shucked for you. You just have the big pieces of the crab legs. That's what you get. End piece with all the fat, and somebody already cracked the shells, so you don't have to for the crab legs, and you dip that in butter. Whoo! I don't think anybody can beat that at 808-296-1420. Ah, that would be that would be the big winner. All right, March Madness is uh, coming down at us, uh, and it's going to be here. Our broadcast covering all the March Madness action is happening today, starting at 1230, uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu. And I don't know what all the different kinds of, all the different kinds of, uh, I guess, hype leading up to this game, but they've got a lot because the game's probably not going to start until what? I don't know what time tip-off is. I'm guessing it's something like 3 o'clock, somewhere around there. But we've got coverage starting at 1230 today. It goes all the way to 6 o'clock. 
and uh, it's going to be great. Uh, you can check it out on TV when you get home. On the way home, be listening here to ESPN Honolulu. What time is tip-off? Tip-off is going to be around 3.20. Ah, okay, there you go. And uh, we got three hours of hype. Hey, if you're a college basketball fan, you love it. Let's go San Diego State. Let's go Aztecs. And look, this is actually like a recipe for success for UConn. If you look at their last two wins as national uh-huh. champions, this comes like during like times where you're like, I'm not really sure if this field is any good. And you see a lot of really huge upsets. You think of Cardiac Kemba in 2011. You think about their win in 2014 with Shabazz Napier when they just came out of nowhere, basically. Mm. This is an, a recipe for success for the Yukon Huskies. I'm going... I'm going full Jonathan the Husky here. I'm I'm riding the dogs here. Oh man, I'm all about the Mountain West Conference, man. If, I mean, it's it's we're somehow kind of related to San Diego State. I know there's a lot more Hawaii kids that probably go to San Diego State than UConn. I'm going with uh, San Diego State, but you got. I mean, if you don't have, see, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm just starting to now really pay attention, and my the, the, what makes San Diego State my dog is that they're seven-point underdogs. And that's a big spread for a national championship game, I would think. Especially as a defensive team as San Diego State is, their whole thing is they leave, I think it's a, they leave their opponents with about like a 30% field goal percentage somewhere around there. So they're like defense first, and then they get their offense going. The reason why I'm going with UConn, my dog in their fight, other than the Husky dog, is that, uh. look, you look at their matchups, they're pretty much one of the only dominant teams in this March Madness where every single one of their wins have come off by at least 15 points. They're the only ones that got the memo here, Chris. I'm I know. feeling see, good about it. That's why. I'm going to do John Cena, can't see my face. I'm going to point to, I hope well, San Diego well, if you're going to do that, pointed to their I'm gonna, ring finger. If you're I gonna, hope they're pointing to their ring finger <laughs> in their face. And, uh, yes. I'm fine with it. Look, if you're fine with the players that run up onto, like, the uh, media table and, like, scream success for their team, I right. love that. That's you. That's I, I my favorite too. go-to. I love it, too. Do you know why? Because they're, they're doing celebrating the, with their they're doing it to the crowd they're not doing it at somebody else look we beat you look we're up by 25 (laughs) in the closing seconds i'm pointing to my ring finger yeah that was kind of a foregone conclusion with uh you know iowa state i wonder if two players iowa Iowa, i'm i wonder if two players didn't foul out and uh caitlin clark wasn't into foul trouble if you'd still be pointing to your ring finger it's a that's why you win your game that you're given I think that's what it is. There's a yeah. lot of players in foul trouble on both sides of the court, and mm. that's no, you're that's right. a fact. You're right. It's just, I don't know. It's I just, the way it the cookie me. crumbled, and I understand why it bothered you, but I think what you said before, I think it's just two different outlooks of the game where you were kind of more on the, you know, just shut up and play, and just once you win the game, celebrate with your team. I'm yeah. all for that too, but I think I just like it when my star has a little bit of drama with it. Yeah. Because I like what? my dr- dramatic stuff. I don't want them, you know, pulling out a gun in, like, a nightclub or anything. I don't want that kind of drama. I don't no. want any John Morant stuff. But no, I want, but like, you I know. Get you, I, get, I get you. I get what you want. But the point is with, with um, it, they didn't, if, if somebody, like Hawaii and BYU in football, BYU would taunt us. They would taunt Hawaii. They would taunt the Hawaii fans in the warm-ups, right? 
And so when we came out, then if we taunted them, if we're Craig Stutzman, I'm punting that ball into the crowd. Exactly. Because you know what? They've been doing that to us. But I didn't see Iowa doing that kind of stuff to LSU. They were doing it and, to all and, the other teams before that. Right, though. but I, I don't care. I'm saying that team didn't do anything to you. And at the same time, when you're Angel Reese and you get asked about it afterwards, and you're saying, well, hey, I've been disrespected. Uh, they called me said I was too ghetto. And they said I was too this and too that. And you know what? That doesn't explain your actions. What they caught is 30 seconds of you making like you're waving your hand in front of your face. And whether it was you looking at Caitlin Clark or she just happened to cross paths while you were doing that, but you were sticking out your hand, pointing to your ring finger, that's what the country got to see. So if you're not smart enough to know that, hey, this is why people are complaining about you, then think about it and talk to an adult and let them know that that's why they think you're a poor sport. Sure, was it taken out of context? Maybe. But at the same time, that's what they're judging you on. So it's best just not to do anything. My issue would have been I would have been fine with this conversation if we were having this conversation last week, if you're having a conversation a week before that with Caitlin Clark, with Caitlin Clark. But all I've been hearing for for this entire tournament, and I was one of those people, was I loved Caitlin Clark and what she did on and kind of a little bit off the court with her celebrations. If more people had issues with Caitlin Clark celebrations and they raised that issue up again with Angel Reese, I would not have an issue. I just have an issue with this double standard that seems to be having for Angel Reese. Hmm. Uh, thank you for texting in at 808-296-1420. This texter says, LSU already won the game when Reese inappropriately showed her personality. Reese is a sore winner as compared to a sore loser. It's 834. We'll check your traffic. And, oh, you know what? Uh, it's Monday. Happy hour. Dixie Grill going on uh, from 3 to 6. Dixie Grill in IAEA. You can go by. Speaking of, you know what, uh, Dixie Grill. I'd have them serve up some great, um, some great uh, um, food for the Masters dinner. <laughs> They've got a great happy hour. Bud Light and uh, Stella Artois, thirty-two ounce uh, mugs, just six bucks. Jack Daniels and Jameson also six bucks. Peel and eat shrimp, buffalo fries, and more. Also, they have the Warrior platter. See if you can take the Warrior platter challenge. It's this huge plate of food. And I don't know if you saw on social media, but some UH football players went down there to try, and uh, they couldn't do it. See, if you eat this platter of food in 32 minute, uh, 30 minutes or less, it's free. And um, Stephen McBride gave it a shot. He lasted about 20 minutes, and he had to stop. The uh, uh, Jonah Kahavai Welch, he was, he was good. He was awesome. He was a dog. Oh, man. He was, I think he ate more than anybody else. Although the Ant-Man, Anthony uh, Sagapolutelli, he came from behind and was doing pretty well. Uh, Caleb Brown, the defensive back, as soon as Stephen McBride tapped out, Brown was out. But they're smart. They said, hey, you know what? Now I'm going to take this home, and I have dinner for tonight. But it's, it's So this is the warrior platter. I know I'm going on. We'll get to traffic in a second. The Warrior Platter is a pound of, I'm just going off of memory, a pound of brisket, a pound of pulled pork, a big andouille sausage, 
You've got eight ounces of baked beans, eight ounces of coleslaw, the seven-ounce Big Ed Burger, uh, brioche bun, lettuce, tomato, all of that, all the fixings. And then you have a mound of fries that all sits on. <laughs> now, if you eat that all or you don't eat it all, uh, they are going to make a donation to the Special Warriors, uh, the Special Ops Warrior Foundation. That's why it's called the Warrior Platter, you see. Then uh, this is a group that helps uh, uh, special ops families of uh, wounded or fallen soldiers. And it's a great cause. There's other ways you can donate. But what I think a lot of people are going to do, they're going to go to Dixie Grill, like four people, and order this platter and just split it for a regular meal. But the challenge is there if you're up to it. Uh, we'll check your traffic. That's coming up next year. ESPN Honolulu. Happy birthday to Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton, 81 today, Mr. Las Vegas. Happy birthday to you if you're celebrating today. It's Masters Week. It's Easter Week. A lot going on. In fact, today is the 50th anniversary of the 50th anniversary of the cell phone. The first cell phone was invented in, wow, 1973, 50 years ago. This cat named Martin Cooper, uh, he worked at Motorola, and he developed cellular technology. Uh, the first phone was called a Motorola Dynatac 8000X. They say it's about the size of a basketball shoe. <laughs> the, the talk time on the phone, 35 minutes. Uh, and it didn't do anything else. It just was a telephone. I remember years ago working at a radio station. This must have been in the 80s. And uh, uh, a, a lady named Lynette, Lynette Ching, shout out. She lives on the mainland now. But she was a very successful advertising salesperson. So I think she was pretty well off. And you had to be back then because she walked around with this cell phone. And it was something that looked like a car battery. And then the phone actually, you know, the, the unit itself you kind of carried it around, and a phone popped out of the bat that looked this big square thing. It was real heavy. Remember they had cell phones? I don't know if you remember this. They had cell phones, and it would be like, it would be look like a regular telephone, and it would have the cord and everything, and it would be in your car. And that would be like, whoa, guy's got a cellular phone attached to his car. That guy must be rich. Cell phone companies here back in the day, Honolulu Cellular. Called it Han Cell. That was our. That was back. <laughs> hey, I'll email you at LavaNet or Lava.net about my Han Cell. Twenty-five cents a minute it cost for a cell phone call. Twenty-five cents a minute, and it's like, oh my gosh! Now we don't even have <laughs> uh, direct lines at home anymore. Anyway, happy birthday! Uh, happy birthday to Wayne Newton, eighty-one. Happy fiftieth birthday to the cell phone 808-296-1420 our number to call in today. now we can't live without the cell phone in our pocket right and people don't even call using the cell phone just it, it's like it's everybody texts and it, it's nobody calls it's like what you can talk to somebody on this thing if you call me i i assume you're a spam caller <laughs> uh, yeah the uh yeah i remember those phones those phones were awesome i if, if you have something like this, 
You know how much money it's worth? Those old cell phones that look like a brick? Those things are worth good money now, especially if they're in good shape. Well, now the new phones also cost a lot of good money. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But the way the cell phone company do it, it's like, hey, you want a new phone? Get an upgrade. Get a mortgage plan for your cell phone. It's only $20 a month, but they don't tell you for the next 12 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, where are we? Rainbow Warrior and uh, Wahine Sports over the weekend. Uh, What we didn't mention, and we should, is that that, uh, UC Irvine – Oh, I see here UC Irvine beat Hawaii in men's tennis. Oh, we lost five to two. Now they tried to they tried they tried to beat Andre Illigan from UC Irvine. He defeated his guy. Look, people should know already that you cannot beat Andre Illigan. You can only hope to contain him. The Kalihi kid won his singles and doubles uh, competition. They got Lucas Labruni with Andre Illigan as doubles competition. Those are a couple formidable guys. But anyway, uh, good luck to the tennis team as they get back uh, on it. We talked a little bit about the Rainbow Warrior baseball team. They go one and two uh, on the road. First of all, Hawaii goes up, and they lose to Cal State Fullerton on Friday, 7-6. to six. It was a walk-off home run or double? Walk-off home run? Walk-off RBI. Just a double. Walk-off walk off double, and uh, Hawaii goes down. Harry Gustin, uh, four and two-thirds inning pitch, gave up seven hits. Alex Giroux did not pitch like Alex Giroux, going one inning, giving up four hits. Connor Harrison uh, pitched for the final three innings, but Hawaii uh, falls four, uh, seven to six. Now, the next day... On Saturday, there was a doubleheader on Saturday, yeah? Was it a double? No, no Saturday, that's softball. Sunday. I'm confusing. I was listening Sunday, too. I should know that. But anyway, uh, Hawaii beats San Diego 2 to nothing. Um, and I'm sorry. I got a softball thing inside. Look at my notes here. You see these? I got a softball right in between. The, the second game, Hawaii wins, right? Yes. Uh, in uh, baseball? So let me look at my, and I don't even have it. What was the score of the second game? We won. There was too much going on this weekend. Anyway, Hawaii wins. What's important is Hawaii wins the second game, and they come back in the third game, and I'm listening, uh, driving around on Sunday, and I believe it was the first inning. No outs, bases loaded, and um, Hawaii was having a uh, Ben, ben Ziegler Namoa. Namoa was having a tough time. By the way, uh, Hawaii won the second game 14-10. to 10. But uh, Ziegler Namoa, first inning, no outs, bases loaded, and they got somebody, I can't remember. It was Alex uh, Drew. Alex Drew was warming up in the bullpen. They had him out. So after they got a pop out and the bases were loaded afterwards, Rich Hill right. pulled. Ben Ziegler no more in the first inning. Right. And so then Alex Drew. Yeah. And then Alex Drew. Go. Alex Drew was the guy warming up in the bullpen? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought Josh said somebody else. Anyway. No, Giroux so came it, out and he struck out the next two guys to get out of the bases loaded in the first innings. Yeah, so he kind of so, made up for his kind of rough outing in yeah. the beginning of Friday's matchup. So I'm doing errands on Sunday and, and I, 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 I get to the point where they're t- t- trying to get the guy warmed up quick. 
because, I mean, it's you can't stall out there anymore with a pitch clock in college and professional baseball. And it's like it, it, it's just a race against the clock to get Giroux, I guess, who had ended up being ready to get in the game. And Ziegler Manoa, uh, Na, Namoa, man, he was struggling. But um, later I went back in the car, and it was like 3-3. Three to three. I was like, whoa, what happened? I mean, we, it was it was a really good game. And apparently it was a really good game for 10 innings. <laughs> right. So, like you said, it was a lot of really good fun. Ben Ziegler-Namoa actually made up for his rough first inning. He had a home run uh, at some point in nice. the game. So, I think the main issue is you look at this game and you just see the 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 volatileness of this rainbow baseball team we can be really good on the pitching mound we saw that for like the last three series for hawaii baseball this was not a good outing for uh, operation tropical swarm this weekend they'll get a lot of uh stuff to work on with troop and his staff but you look at the bats the bats were alive in this game um, they certainly had some times where they slowed down, maybe in that first game, where they just could not get over the hump. Kyson Donahue, Matt Wong both had amazing weekends. But mm. I think the main thing I look at here is fielding was kind of that last point that you needed to get some of these outs. I think of mm. that uh, of Friday night loss where Kyson Donahue, where it was two outs in the ninth inning, and all Kyson Donahue had to do was get the ball out of his glove and throw to first base. Mm. But for some reason, could not get the ball out of his glove. And yeah. because of that, then the next guy comes in and hits the RBI double, and then they lose. So yeah. we're almost there. We just have to finish, especially yeah. on the defensive side of the, of the, of the diamond, of the ball. Yeah, I, 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 I really like, though, I, I, like how, I like how they're playing. I like their grit, and uh, I, I'm, this is going to be a good team, a fun team to watch. Uh, again, uh, they take on Cal State Bakersfield Thursday through Saturday. And uh, once again, congratulations to Brianna Lopez, uh, who pitched a no-hitter. Almost a perfect game. If not for one walk, she would have had a perfect game against UC San Diego. Shout out to San Diego's pitcher, Jada Cecil. That girl is a quality pitcher that Hawaii faced. Uh, but Hawaii does end up winning uh, two out of three, I believe. Yeah, against UC San Diego. Great right, bounce we'll right back, back from the last series. We'll be wrapping it up next on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, I want to thank Daryl for uh, uh, texting in. I couldn't think of the baseball score for the UH game, and Daryl texted in uh, Hawaii won 14 to 10. He's very fast. And then I didn't know what UNR was, and he let me know that it was Nevada. Shout out, Daryl. So Daryl, Daryl's keeping us. Daryl is uh, keeping us on track here this morning. Thank you, Daryl, for listening. All right. Okay, where do we go from here? Well, today uh, we got the national championship. Uh, Final Four has finally come down to a final two and we're both rooting for both teams so that also yeah. works out very well 
Yeah. I, 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 let's make a bet. You want to make some kind of – I don't know what kind of bet we would have. Um, I'm not sure either. Maybe we could talk about it off the air, but I'm I'm down to put something down on UConn. I'm feeling good about the Huskies today. Oh, of course, because I'm rooting for an underdog. you got to give me some – give me the points. Yeah, I'll give you the points. you got seven points. All right. If I if if uh, Hawaii wins, uh, Hawaii. <laughs> San Diego okay. State. If San Diego State uh, uh, covers, uh, then you're you're gonna have to. Can you grow a mustache? Uh, slightly. It's a little rough, but it takes us uh, time. That's not gonna. Okay. Shave your head. My mom will not your... allow that. <laughs> you will get a you will get an angry text or an angry call from from one of the Hayworth parents. Hey, I didn't make the bet, Mr. and Mrs. We'll talk about it off the air. We'll figure something out. Oh, come on. You're afraid. It doesn't doesn't matter if it's done off the air. It has to be done on the air. I I can't shake my head. Gary Dickman used to wear a – Gary Dickman used to have a mustache, and he had one for years. And then uh, we made a bet on the air, and and he lost. And the bet was he had to shave his mustache, and he did. Well, he, like, what am I giving been, up? That was like 10 years ago. Well, what? I can't say, well, you shave your head. Because you won't be losing much. <laughs> <laughs> what punishment is that? <laughs> that's, just, that's, just, that's just finishing the job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. Uh, coming up, we got about 30 minutes of Let's Talk Sports with Mark Veneri, followed by uh, coverage of the NCAA National Championship in men's basketball. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Honolulu.